Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Helen Holliman, Editor-in-Chief of Munchies, and welcome back to the third episode in our L.A. series of Munchies, the podcast. On today's episode, we're heading to Koreatown to drink up downtown L.A. on a mobile michelada bus with the powerhouse siblings behind the James Beard award-winning Oaxacan restaurant, La Galagetza. We'll discuss why this city has the ultimate DIY mentality. Husband and wife Fernando Lopez and Maria Monterubio emigrated to L.A. and opened the restaurant in 1994. It earned the James Beard America's Classic Award last year, which is the first traditional Mexican restaurant to do so. Between food trucks and brick-and-mortar restaurants, the L.A. Oaxacan food scene has become the third most important spot in the world for Oaxacan cooking outside of Oaxaca and Mexico City. And La Galagetza is at the core of this movement. From the chapulines, grasshoppers, to the clayudas, a dish that's a large toasted tortilla covered with tons of toppings, and the great micheladas, this place has become the unofficial Oaxacan consulate, or the heartbeat of what many refer to as Oaxaca, California. La Galagetza patriarch Fernando Sr. has recently passed the management down to his kids Paulina, Fernando Jr., Elizabeth, and Bricia, who continue to maintain the restaurant's legendary status. But Fernando Jr. has added a little something special into the family business, his signature michelada mobile, a VW bus that he's converted into a mobile michelada dispensary. He's providing free-flowing Bloody Mary-like Mexican beer cocktails and cumbia remixes at a decibel that might shatter a window. It's hot as hell outside, and I'm thirsty, so I'm headed to Koreatown with Javier Cabral, Munchie's West Coast staff writer, to meet up with Fernando Jr. and get a lesson on what it takes to make an authentic michelada. So right now we're in an undisclosed location in Koreatown. <laughs> no, we're actually in the parking lot of the restaurant, and uh, I have the Michimobile out. So the Michimobile, it's, um, it's a 69 VW bus, and I bought it. It was a piece of shit. It was just completely undone, and... Uh, but I knew what I wanted to do with it. So I saw it and I bought it. And then uh, the first step was kind of designing it. So I have my the first design that I drew out. And uh, I just wanted something cool, pretty much. That was like the, as long as it's cool, it's cool. Uh, we cut out this front on the, on the driver's side of the VW, right between the two tires. We cut off a, a large rectangle. And when it's running, you can't really see it. But once we park and we set it up, there's a door that opens downwards and reveals four working beer taps. On the roof, there's a secret door that opens up kind of sideways, kind of like a book. Inside, there's a 50-inch TV, two 800-watt speakers, and on the inside, there's a turntable, two turntables. So right now, we're outside. We're setting up the taps. We just set everything up. So it's pretty much a glorified jockey box on wheels. <laughs> so there's a jockey box inside, which controls the beer. So right now, we're just uh, making sure you know everything is running. Cool. So, Fernando, why micheladas? Because why not? I mean, we're, we're, I'm from Oaxaca. I was born in Oaxaca. Uh, I lived in the Oaxacan, you know, temple for the, my whole life. You know, I, <laughs> I started working at the restaurant when I was like 12. So, Michelas have just, it's just what we do. 
and we've been serving micheladas for about almost as long as we've been open so 20 years and we it's pretty much the same recipe and then all of a sudden all these other little micheladas started popping up which were really weird because they just looked like they were repurposed bloody mary mix they're really red and they're very tomato and it was just clamato with beer and like lime and that was just weird uh, so that's why we say brown is beautiful because that's what separates ours from theirs the ours is real they're brown the way they are when you go to mexico and the other ones are red for some reason which are the red they're, they're called clamatos but there's more of a, that's its own thing they're not micheladas so why you know why not why not micheladas um cheers 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 that's it like pink Ooh, hot damn, that's good. Yeah, right? Mm. We drain the truck of all of its michelada power, so we head inside to La Galgetza to drink mezcal and discuss how this space became the unexpected Oaxacan consulate. Javier, I mean, you've been coming here a long time. What's, how would you describe La Galgetza? I oftentimes, uh, I describe La Galgetza as being the unofficial Oaxacan consulate of L.A. Not so unofficial, no. Oh, okay, well, official Oaxacan consulate. You know what's crazy Sorry. about that? I, we have people... We've had people, lots of people come in, and they'll come in and they'll ask us for help, and, and we're like, uh, well, and we'll try to hook up with someone from the consulate. Like, we'll have people like, oh, you know, I just got in from Oaxaca, they told me to ask you guys for help, can you help me get a, like a, my birth certificate, or I need like a, my, my credentials, and then we'll be like, oh, we're a restaurant. <laughs> like, so then we'll try to hook up, but people do come to us as if we were like a, some sort of official Oaxacan consulate, it's crazy. And what's really magical about Galagetza is that you know, whenever you come here, on a, especially on a weekend, you, you really do get to see a true taste of, of, of LA's, uh, of the demographic here in LA. You have, uh, you have a lot of Oaxacan families who are here who are celebrating birthdays with like huge parties. Uh, you have like, you know, uh, the hipster couple that comes here to like, to like trip out and try a tlayuda for the first time. And then you, and because it's like right in the middle of Koreatown, you get, uh, you have Koreans who come here and they just, you know, eat like everything and, you know, everyone's having, everyone is having a good time and everyone is just smiling. And that's no, great. I think that, and that's one of the evolutions from like the mural and the from when we paint it. So before we paint it, people just thought, people didn't know we're here. After we paint it, we started having, since it's such a statement that like we're here, we're Mexican, we're not Korean food. Before we paint it, we've had people come in for years and years they come in they sit down and look at the menu and they're like oh Korean poupe they're like ah opsa opsa and after that they will come in and try our food because then because now they know that it's not Korean food and we've had tables of like eight Korean grandmas you know it looks like they're in a book club or something but they're just here chilling eating and it's dope yeah and the use of uh, and the use of, of dried chilies is is really imminent in both. I'm I'm sorry. And the use of, of dried red chiles is a uh, is really strong in both cuisines. So in in a weird way, uh, Oaxacan food is similar to Korean food. Very. Yeah, we share very a lot of similarities with Korean food. What do you love the most about, about LA? LA? Everything. <laughs> I you know I love LA. The the it's kind of like like Javi said. It's like a DUI. Uh, DIY mentality, <laughs> DIY, yeah. DIY, DIY town. It is it's also DUI it's a lot capital. of driving. That's why Uber is dope. No, but it's like a DIY where you can have whatever experience you want. If you want to have like the hipster experience, there's that. But if you want to have like a super Mexican experience, you can you can live here and not speak English, or you can live here and only speak Korean, or only speak Spanish, or only speak you know. Because of uh, the density of New York, there's a lot more bleeding into the cultures. 
Whereas here, because of the space, it allows for subcultures to develop more uh, densely within themselves. So even though in New York there is little things, but it, things bleed really easily into each other. You know, it's like very, it's by the building, and here it's like by the block. But that's just a, a result of the, the, the space, you know? In the same way that you can make the argument that New York's dope because you have all these cultures bleeding into each other, you know? But you also get that here in between the, the two blocks. But in New York, it's like in between the two buildings. My argument for LA is everybody's argument against LA. The space, right? I think that's a big positive. Because you can have all these little cultures develop so like uniquely within themselves. I think that's so dope. I mean, like, look, look at the size of our Koreatown. You know, our Koreatown is like huge. My dad, when he, when he moved here in 93, he would sell Oaxacan products like in the corner of the street uh, or door to door. So he would like drive out to like Oxnard and he'd just sell door to door. Or he would stand in the corner of 8th and Normandy and uh, just sell, you know, just slang. He would have to pay the, the local gangsters rent money for the corner. And then he saw the restaurant open and he, he was like, all right, I'll open there. You guys won like a, a James Beard Lifetime Achievement Award. What was that yeah, like? The American Classics. That was crazy. Um, the day before we found out we won it, I, I got my laptop stolen out of my car. So I was like super bummed. We're in the, in the office. I was like bummed. My sister, she got me like all this junk food and we're just hanging out, kind of like bumming it. And then she gets a phone call and she's like, what? You know, she's, I can only hear one side of the conversation. She starts crying. She hangs up and she's like, we just won a James Beard Award. So kind of like, you know, that helped with the whole laptop thing. <laughs> and then it was crazy because my dad went on stage and he gave the, the, his acceptance speech in Spanish. I thought that was really cool. Uh, when he started giving his speech, you know, he started in Spanish and everybody, there was a kind of like, a, like an uncomfortable laughter amongst the, the crowd. And it, when they realized that he wasn't going to change to English. But it was cool because afterwards, all the chefs were like, oh, thanks for doing that. You know, they're going to see more representation of the Hispanic community. Because, especially Oaxacans, we're like in every kitchen. You know, if you, even if you read Anthony Bourdain's book, he talks about Oaxacans specifically. So everybody was so excited to have us and to have my dad on stage give it in Spanish. And especially because all the chefs in the room know Spanish. You know, they all know kitchen Spanish at least. <laughs> and there was this one guy, I don't know who it was, and he was like, he was so drunk. He was like, oh, thank you guys for sticking it to the men. And he thought it was like a big political thing on our end, but we're like, no, we're just, that's just who we are. Like, we're not... We're not trying to make a statement. We're just trying to be ourselves. That's so awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, but it was dope winning it. I mean, it was dope going to Chicago. Chicago is super cool. I'd love to go back as, as often as I can. Yeah. Just because I'm very pro LA doesn't mean I'm anti other places. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, I'm not anti other everybody else. I'm just pro LA. <laughs> I love New York too. New York's really fun. <laughs> Javier, you look like you had something you wanted. No, I just want to say, you know, it's really refreshing to come to Galagata and drink mezcal because in the last couple of years, mezcal uh, took off and it got really glamorous. And because of that, you saw, like, you know, a couple of mezcal bars pop up. But these mezcal bars are charging an arm, an arm and a leg for a cup of mezcal or a glass of mezcal. Or in, in Galagata's case, it's a jicara, uh, which is a dried out gourd. And, you know, Fernando and his family has like a personal relationships with a lot of uh, mezcal makers and even is like related to them. Uh, I think he uh, would you want to share your story of how uh, you became like the godson of like one of the like the guy yeah. from from Tosbal like, by shooting a gun or something yeah we were at uh, that's actually that's that's a day right there so it's it's on TV right now uh, we're right now in that video we're in the mountains it's called uh, La Chiruag and uh, 
So the guy, he, the guy on the all the way on the right with the hat, his name's Edgar, and uh, he's the master mezcal maker of the of that distillery. And we were there, and we got fucked up. Like he was, he had, he you know those like uh, gas barrels, like what you imagine when people are like, oh, the price of the gas barrel. He had those just laid out full of mezcal, all of them. So he would do, he would like, you guys want mezcal, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, so he would take a pitcher and scoop up a pitcher of mezcal and serve you in a glass. So we were drinking mezcal by the pitcher, like not even like by the, but it was so good. It was like, we we're like, okay, we we're drinking glasses and glasses of mezcal. And we got wasted and it was night and he had a, he had the shotgun next to him. And I was like, what's a shotgun for? He was like, oh, it's because there's Jaguars. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, all right. But eventually we got, we got to the point where we we're just shooting for fun. And, uh, and then we had one more bu- we had one more bullet left and uh, it was my turn to shoot and he had a can and he was like all right if you if you shoot it if you make it i'll give you a box of my best mezcal which is like a two thousand dollar value and it's like it's a really good mezcal and he's like yeah if, if if you miss it you know my, my son's gonna be your godson i missed but i have a godson now That was my conversation with Fernando of La Galagetza. Thanks so much to him and the entire Lopez family for the amazing micheladas. And don't visit LA without stopping by the restaurant. On the next episode from our LA series of Munchies, the podcast. I hope that one day someone just like comes in and sees enough pleasure in like just having wine that they'll just have wine and like leave, you know. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if it ever happens. I don't know interesting restaurant. But yeah, you know, someone, I mean, if anybody's listening to this and wants to do that, you know, you should. (laughs) Yeah, and if I'm here, I'll I'll pour you a bunch of stuff for free also. (laughs) We're drinking with one of the biggest winos on the West Coast, Chef Chris Yenbamroom of Night Market. Over some funky grapes, I'll chat with Chris about why he thinks wine should actually be paired with blow-your-head-off spicy Thai food and get his thoughts on how a new generation of young winemakers is changing up the cultural bullshit that comes with wine drinking altogether. So until then, get all of our delicious Munchies content over at munchies.tv. Hit us up at Munchies on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook too. And if you like the show, show us some love by rating it on iTunes. It actually helps us out. I'm Helen Holliman. I'll catch y'all in two weeks. 